0: A lentil... Um, uh, lentil? Lentil drink. Those are beans. No, it's a, it's a, it's a word. <laughs> I a know. Lentil is lentil another word for like... <laughs> like
1: Some beans or lentils.
0: Well, I know that, but it's not about beans. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read it They're yet. legumes, it, actually. It, it, it could be about legumes. Maybe Mr. Zond, Pastor Zond is a big fan of legumes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I used the word we right. Love lentils. <laughs> okay. Well, if I didn't use the word right, then I'm going to feel really stupid. But I'm pretty sure...
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Things Reconsidered as Joey adjusts his microphone. I was not totally
0: ready, but hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. 2022. 20, Can you believe it? That was a fast year. I mean,
1: for me anyway. I saw a meme the other day and it was so accurate. Yeah. It was like, how was 2021? 5 minutes but at the same time five years
0: yeah it's weird it's like huge things happen every 2020 huge yeah. things happen um, that we'll be talking about forever probably yeah but yet it's still it's still crazy to me that i as advised as it do oh yeah absolutely it's it's, just, it's wild yeah it's just part of getting older i guess so you i realize don't like it. how short a year actually is like it really the only time a year is a long amount of time is when you're waiting for a movie to come out yeah you know? like like John Wick Four just got postponed again. Did it really? Yeah, and so <laughs> there's that, and then like Breath of the Wild Two. I mean, people who have watched our show from its infancy might remember our Link statue. Yeah, <laughs> this was the lava lamp and Link show. Yeah, for a little while, uh, but uh, yeah. So I'm still looking forward to that game. It's gonna be great. But it's, anyway, it's 2022 now, and uh, we are really excited for some awesome stuff we have planned for this year. Oh yeah, uh, it's not. We haven't been doing the show for a full year yet because we started in. Uh, April-ish, April. Like that, yeah. um, so it's not really our, our one year anniversary or anything. But we still have a lot of cool stuff planned for 2022. Like, we're really trying to up our uh, frequency for having guests on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, guests that will go better than who we had for New Year's. Yeah. But, um, that was interesting.
1: That was. Definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, if you listen to the audio only, um, you should check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash all things reconsidered. And if you're on YouTube, obviously here you are <laughs> and you'll probably see the video before this one uh, from New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah, we did a little New Year's Eve surprise special and it really was a surprise because... We didn't put it on social media. We didn't, right. we didn't plan it. We didn't. We're, we're, well, the, we didn't do anything. <laughs> the
1: guests on that video very much could not confirm until last minute, right? And so we didn't really plan for you know social media pushes. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. They, so, gave, uh,
0: they gave prophetic uh, uh, updates, I guess, of what twenty two would right, be like. Right. And,
1: uh, so very interesting. Um, not necessarily our cup of tea, but. Here we are. (laughs) It
0: was fun. But we have great uh, guests who will be way better than those guys coming soon. Like For instance, um, next week's episode actually is with April LaJoy, who is a uh, famous deconstructing uh, world kind of TikToker. And she has a podcast called Evangelical-ish. And I'm sure anyone who's watched our show, you probably are familiar with her because... Well, you probably found us on TikTok, right? And if you're on TikTok in the deconstruction world, you've you've already known her for a while, I'm sure, because she's like eight times the size of ours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, if you guys do want uh, prophets Joab and Nehemiah back on the show sometime, they did say that they were looking forward to coming back on. Oh, right, right. Drop it down in the comments down below if you do want to see prophet Joab and Nehemiah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you do want them back, but 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 with April though, she's she's coming tomorrow or uh, sorry, yeah, she... <laughs> next week, uh, next Monday. So check that out it's going to be a lot of fun we got to talk to her about her story of leaving her sort of evangelical upbringing and right. discovering the faith that she's found and her views on on this whole movement it, it was it was great yeah and um and we also have some other cool guests i guess we won't announce them yet but we have some other people that you might recognize from the tiktok uh, deconstructing world or even just some authors that you might be familiar with and so we're really looking forward to some, to a great 2022 it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and, It's gonna be a fun uh, old time for sure. Now, what we want to talk about today is actually something that kind of is gonna set the tone for for all of 2022 for us in a way. It's gonna be a bit of a um, a bit of a guide for us. Uh, so, Brandon and I have been very much uh, interested in learning more about the Christian calendar, right? And discovering this liturgy has been something that's been very uplifting spiritually for, for me and I think for you too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still learning this and going through this process of, of what this is like and why is it important. And, and it, it really, once you learn this stuff, it can really uh, start a domino effect where it changes the way you pray, it changes the way you worship. Yeah, I mean, it, it can change so much about your Christian experience when you really start to get deep into it. Um, And so we've just wanted to unpack that and go through it as all of the major days of this happened.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But before we get into the calendar, um, Joey, how you been? It's been a while since the people on the YouTube have seen us outside of our special last night.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's true because we had an episode that became a lost episode, unfortunately. Right. Um, So we didn't get to post that one. But uh, yeah, no, I've been good. Uh, We just, let's see, I just got an iPhone finally. You've been begging me to switch to iPhone for about five years.
1: So me and Joey <laughs> have known each other for a long time. And Joey has this really toxic personality trait
0: <laughs> Jeez, that
1: um, he's finally starting to get over where he very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like Android?
0: <laughs> That's a toxic personality trait? <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. It's not just that. It's... You are so radicalized. Radicalized? Yes. Jeez. Like you're just predisposed to be radicalized.
0: Yeah, I I, I get pretty passionate about things that I like. And so it's
1: not that just that Joey had an Android, (laughs) it's Joey wanted to burn every iPhone to the ground.
0: (laughs) Well, and he was the
1: same way with movies, too. And that's why it's been so long before Joey watched any of the Marvel movies was because he was a DC fan and he wanted every Marvel movie to burn to the ground.
0: Yeah, this has been an interesting past couple of years of just breaking away from some of that stuff. And so now,
1: in 2021, Joey has both gone through the entire MCU up until this point, with the exception of some movies from Phase 4.
0: Yeah, I'm not done with Phase 4, but Uh, yeah, I I finally saw Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, and has gotten... An iPhone, yeah, a I, Mac. I, I don't know what's happened to me, man. But <laughs> he's
1: finally one of us.
0: Yeah, I finally became a, an actual person. <laughs> well, I, I just I mean, you know, I, I think that the way that I was brought up just kind of led to this idea that I have the right answers. I know what's right. I right. figured this out, and everyone else is wrong. I don't know why it affected me that way, but it totally did. Like the 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 brand of Christianity that I was was very much in that like we are on top, and everyone else has to be like us. And right. it kind of blended into all, everything. Everything, yeah. So, uh, you know, oh, you all like Marvel? Well, I'm not going to get into it then. You know, it's just, I don't know why I was that way. I was annoying. You're a hipster
1: in the worst way.
0: I don't know if I'd call that being a hipster. I, I I don't know. Anyway, but I do have an iPhone <laughs> now. So if yes, you, you do. So if you noticed a dramatic dip in the video quality. Oh, my That's God. That's because we're filming with iPhones now instead of my old uh, Galaxy. But, hey, at least I'm on iMessage now. Joining iMessage after all these years. Game like, changer. I was like, wow, you guys have been talking for years, and I've not been in the conversation. You
1: understand. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing. is When you go from those green bubbles to the blue bubbles of an iMessage especially in a group setting, you understand why you don't want anybody with an Android <laughs> to mean, be in a group chat. I, mean,
0: I, I do like iMessage and I also like some other iPhone things. Like I like some of the uh, gestures that you can yeah. do to, to move through apps and stuff. Joey texts
1: me, he's like, how do I like leave the messenger thing with one hand, because I have to now hold my phone with one hand and tap all the way up there. Yeah, because like, the Joey, back
0: arrow was way up at the top left. I was like, Joey, yeah. just
1: swipe. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I like the It's judges. so intuitive. I, I, I like that, and I like iMessage and some other things, too. I like some of the photo uh, things that they do. But there's some Google apps that I still prefer. Like I immediately downloaded Google Keyboard and Google Maps.
1: So I used Google Keyboard for a long time until Apple finally introduced swipe to text. But I'm thinking about re downloading it again because I miss having the numerics across the top. Yeah. uh, At all times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, I'm very quick to download Google Chrome. Yeah, Chrome. Blue Chrome on everything that I have. Yeah, Chrome is good. Don't like Safari.
0: But uh anyway, so that, that's been my experience lately. Uh it's been interesting. I am still uh deconstructing some stuff and learning new things. Not just <laughs> theology. <laughs> Endgame was amazing by the way. Incredible. I, I it was fantastic. It was I, we got to watch it with a friend who has a home theater, so we had a bit of that experience and right when I don't want to spoil anything.
1: When the moment happened, when a big
0: moment happened, watching
1: Joey be a child, <laughs> it was fantastic. I, because, like, I saw it in theaters, and so the entire theater erupted. And so when the moment happened, Joey's just like,
0: Whoa! <laughs> yeah. And, like, Tom, our friend behind me, was like shaking my chair and hitting it because he's like, I'm trying to give you the theater experience. <laughs> so he's like shaking it. And he's like, Oh, it was fun. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Oh, I don't yeah, know where to go odd. with this. I guess we should just get into the main of this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have any sort of witty uh, uh, observation to, to add to this. But uh, I apologize everyone who's waiting for my so, observation.
1: Joey, now that you have, you know, switched over to iPhone and more Mac based products and you've made your way through the MCU about to where you're caught up with, you know, the general population.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: What is your twenty twenty two New Year's resolutions?
0: Well, uh, let's I do have, top three. Okay, so one that's really not exciting at all. We'll get that out of the way. Is that I want to be more organized. Uh, mm. my, I just bought my first filing cabinet, right. and I'm trying to. I'm trying to actually get important paperwork organized so that they're not just around Strowing my office about in random places. Yeah, because that can really lead to some issues. Where yes, you forget to pay for something because right. that paper disappeared and you forgot it existed. Correct. Right. So that's one thing. Um, more ex- more fun though. Um, I'm, I have a new reading target. My reading goal for last year was uh, originally supposed to be two books a month. Oh, my God. Which it just, it sounds so funny now because of how unrealistic that was. Yeah. But I wanted to do two books a month. And then, and I. So you're keeping the unrealistic goal. No, 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 no! I'm changing it. But okay. So the original goal was two books a month, uh, and I was actually on pace, doing really well until April. And do you know why that hmm. changed after it's April? It's
1: almost <laughs> like something happened yeah. in April.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we launched the show, and uh, and of course the TikTok, and uh, from there my reading just came to a real slowdown. Yeah. So I managed to pull off. Ten and a half books instead of the original 24. That's not too terrible. Not bad, not bad. But my my new goal is just one a month, so I'm trying for 12, 12 yeah. in the year. And I haven't picked them all out yet. I have most of them picked out, but I still have room for like three more. So anyone in the comments, let me know what books I should read. I'm looking for anything. Theology, fiction. nonfiction, uh, nonfiction, social justice, history, anthropology. I don't care. Science. Let me know. Pretty much
1: everything's covered under the topics of fiction and nonfiction.
0: Well, yeah, but there's
1: there's not a third I, I, option I'm between just, fiction and I'm just and letting nonfiction. them know
0: the things that I'm interested in, the, the different more granular uh, beyond just mm-hmm. the main general. Is that right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean. Resolution number two.
0: That was resolution number two. Oh,
1: sorry. Resolution number three.
0: Oh, uh, God, I don't know. Uh, Keeping a Christian. (laughs) Okay, Brandon, you go. What are your resolutions?
1: I don't have anything because I think resolutions are stupid.
0: Well, geez. You don't have to be so aggressive. We're just having a good conversation here. No,
1: I think... uh... Uh, obviously, resolution number one is create more content for YouTube. Oh yeah, um, outside okay. the podcast. I'm going to steal that. One. That's
0: my three. Not, nope. be, not being a Christian. anymore. Nope. Just incorrect.
1: <laughs> you can't see. This is why I hate resolutions. You're like, oh, I like <laughs> that one. That's good. That's good. I'm going to now co op that. Co op that to be my resolution. It, it's a
0: community thing. It's not an individual thing. Resolutions can be things that we can accomplish together and work on together. Joey,
1: this is America. It is about the individual. It is about the me, not the we. Okay?
0: I, I don't like that. But okay, keep going. Um, Have second. your own little New Year's world that no one else is invited to, Brandon. That's yes. fine.
1: Second resolution uh, I'm going to lose some weight, and this time it's going to stay off. Because the beginning of last year worked out pretty consistently. I'm uh-huh. very proud of myself. And then in April. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> Stop going to the gym as much. Wow.
0: So this has ruined both of our resolutions for the Well, and year. like
1: on top so like on top of it is my wife runs the dance studio. Right. And the reason we were supposed to launch this in March and it got pushed back until April because I was doing renovations on her dance studio for her. And just being, you know, working from 7 to uh 3:30. And then going to the studio and working from like four to midnight every night yeah. in the month of March. Yeah. And then in April, like getting into like actually creating content. I was yeah. like, I'm not. No. no yeah. I'm not going to the gym. Not going to happen. You no, know what? Wrong. Especially because Joey lived like four hours away from me. I
0: did. I did live really far from you. But um, yeah, I I, I was on a diet last year and lost 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And and then like the diet got too expensive. It was one, It was one of those where you buy food that they mail you. Yeah, and it got too expensive, so we stopped. And I put, I think I put it all back on.
1: Yeah, it happens, happens fast. Yeah,
0: um, and then what's
1: resolution number three gonna be? Stay a Christian. Um, I want to go
0: hiking and camping more. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to do that. I have a a more telescope. outdoors time. Well, let me know because I'm that friend who has a telescope. So, I appreciate Joey, do you nice. plan
1: on lugging a telescope out into the middle of the woods while we go camping? Yes.
0: That's the whole point of having a telescope is to go out to where it's dark enough to where you can see the sky and get your mind blown. What, what else is it for? <laughs> of course. Yes, of course. Anyway. All right, guys. I'm just, let,
1: I'm already picturing you like trying to like trudge through the <laughs> woods with this big old telescope oh, like tr- over your shoulder.
0: <laughs> That's a really funny image, but I have not spent that much money on a telescope. It's not that big. Mm. <laughs> but it's still fun. Anyway. Uh, Anyways. I don't know if any of that was interesting to people. Drop
1: your resolutions in the comments down below.
0: You know, my uh, Valerie, my wife, has told me before that she thinks we need to talk about our own lives more often on the show so people get to know us better. So I hope you guys like that. If yeah. It, if you didn't, my wife said you would, so right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we're such boring people. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, All righty, let's, let's get into the actual show now. Joey. Yeah.
1: The Christian calendar. Yes. You know, I love it. I love the idea of going through it. Okay. I need to address the elephant in the room about the Christian calendar. Joey and I, as stated a thousand times before, are not theologians. Nope. nor are we um christians who grew up in liturgical style churches
0: yes that's correct
1: so we had really good intentions (laughs) real good intentions on starting you know this year 2022 and going through the christian calendar that's right january 1 gonna start on that christian calendar it's gonna be great yeah we were excited there's a bit of a hiccup, though.
0: Yeah, a little, a little bit of a problem. Not not the end of the world, but a little problem. The Christian
1: calendar does not start January 1. Nope. It begins in December of the prior year uh, with Advent. Advent is the first thing on the Christian calendar. You know, it kind of makes sense because it's leading up to Jesus' birth. Yeah. yeah. And the entire point of the Christian calendar is going through the life of Jesus <laughs> over the course of a year. Yeah. So you typically would begin with the birth of Jesus, not... End with the birth of Jesus.
0: Yeah, so we we, we had good intentions, and then immediately, were like, well, we already blew screwed it, screwed that up. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, oh well, better late than never. Uh, we're going to go through the Christian calendar this uh, year, and, and including uh, Advent 2022. Yeah, and just kind of touch all of these as we go through it. But um, basically, um, what this is for anyone who did not grow up with liturgical worship. Uh, like Brandon was saying, it's essentially a way to tell the story of Jesus throughout the entire year, so that that way, at, at different points of the year, you're kind of considering and and praying on and, and meditating on a different aspect of the life of Jesus right. or, or of the church's ministry, the church's role. And it, it kind of teaches us to live a life like Jesus. Um, I think that a lot of churches... Uh, end up preaching all sorts of things that sound useful. Yeah. But when you start and peel them back and think about it, it can actually not be that useful. Right, right, right. Um, the Christian calendar is our way of just staying focused on what we can learn from the life of Jesus. And I've found it so far from what I've read about it to be very enlightening yeah. and, and very helpful. Yeah. So right off the bat, I just want to say that if anyone's listening to us talk about this idea of the Christian calendar and it doesn't sound that exciting to you, just hang with us because it actually has been something that's been really interesting to us and I think, it, yeah. I think it can help a lot of people who are deconstructing an evangelical upbringing and then trying to find deeper and, and more rich faith. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But really, honestly, this sort of lit, lit, um, liturgical worship has made... Christianity more authentic feeling to, to me personally. Sure. And I really think you will have that same experience. Um, so, how this works is that uh, the Christian year starts with Advent, and Advent is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And the whole point of Advent is to prepare for the arrival of Jesus and have this patient and hopeful expectation. For what God is about to do through Jesus, and um, so every week of Advent, there's different traditions that people do. Uh, They light candles as a family and consider just getting in that um, hopeful sort of mode where they're they're waiting for what God's about to do. It's not an anxious time of like anxiety of waiting and and out of you know that that. Fear of what it's going to be. It's more of a, a eager sort of anticipation, right? And it, it's honestly a, a way to teach us patience and calmness, and just trusting in what God's going to do instead of freaking out about having all the right answers, right? So it's a very interesting time. That leads to Christmas, which is the beginning. You know, Jesus is here; he's born, um, and now we learn about what it means to have Christ with us, right? Um, so most of the Bible really can be looked at as, uh, well, the Old Testament can be looked at as um, mankind trying to reconnect with God in the way that we connected with Him in the Garden of Eden. Right. Um, in the Garden, we were, uh, one, you know, it said so that God walked with Adam. It was like the heavenly realm and earth were together, but then sin pulled those apart, and now through the rest of the Old Testament, we're kind of reading about man's story of trying through different means of bringing that back together. Right. That's yep. why one of the next stories is the Tower of Babel. It's, it's a, showing man's attempt. I don't know if that literally took place, but it's an example of man contemplating this idea of how can we bring back this connection with God. Right. And that carries on all throughout the Old Testament. They have the tabernacles, where in the Holy of Holies they had that Eden sort of connection with God, but only one person could go in there like once a year. Then we moved on to the temple, and then finally Jesus uh, so Christmas is not just about consumerism and, and the politics and the war on Surprising. Christmas. Surprising. Yeah. It's supposed to be about meditating on the reality of God being among us once again. Yeah. And this, this return to that Garden of Eden sort of style where where we can commune with, with God. Um, then after Christmas, we come to Epiphany, which is actually next uh, now on the calendar for us. Um, and when this episode airs, Epiphany will start in a couple of days, right? Yeah,
1: so, um, this episode should be airing on Monday, uh, January the 3rd, and Epiphany is on January the 6th. Yeah, so, For most churches. um, For most sects of Christianity. Some, they don't begin until later on in January. It all depends on where their Christmas Eve falls, I understand (laughs) that. On our Gregorian calendar, Christmas Eve falls on the same day for everybody. Right. But on different Christian calendars, that mark can tend to change every once in a while. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, epiphany is whenever Jesus manifests himself to the Gentiles for the first time. Right. Um, Some would say that's whenever the Magi see him as a toddler. Um, Fun thing about the whole birth of Jesus story and, like, the nativity scenes. Yeah. Yeah. they weren't there. <laughs> like, when you read about, it, like, when the wise men show up, Yeah, it says they're in the home with the boy, or, like, or yeah. like the toddler version oh, yeah. of Jesus. Like, it's years later. It like took them years to travel there. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they show up, like, as Jesus is being born, like, it's right. so commonly portrayed. Yeah.
0: But that's besides the point. Um, it's also always interesting to me that those magi were, like, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, pagan right yeah i mean mm-hmm. and yet, yeah they were the gentiles yeah yeah and yet they were there at the birth it's just right i think there's something to be said there yeah and we'll say that for another time <laughs> yeah
1: um and epiphany runs all the way from january the 6th or the start date to either before a couple of weeks before shrove shrove tuesday mm-hmm. which um is also known as fat tuesday which is also known as Mardi Gras, which is what everybody has probably commonly heard it called, Yes, um, which is the day before Ash Wednesday, and that's when you put the little Ash cross on your head, which is the day before Lent starts. And so Epiphany runs from the end of the Advent season, well, Advent runs at the end of Christmas. Uh-huh. Christmas runs to Epiphany. Epiphany runs until Lent.
0: Now, in Epiphany, what is it that we're really supposed to be focusing in on about the life of Jesus? His baptism, his transfiguration? Yes. And then what do we learn from that?
1: Yeah, so, um, so the Epiphany ends in the Catholic Church with the feast of the baptism of Jesus, okay. or of the baptism of the Lord who is Jesus. Right. Um, and so the biggest thing is kind of focusing on Jesus showing us who he really is and yeah. so this is this was the Gentiles epiphany that Jesus was the Messiah that Jesus was the Son of God gotcha. and so while Advent is very much about dwelling on God being with us yeah Epiphany is about dwelling on Jesus being Lord
0: right and, and being Lord for everyone right for, correct for Gentiles yeah. not just for Jews um, and what that can mean to us like that that inclusiveness and how that can uh, maybe be related to, to our own lives right mm-hmm and so then, like you were saying, that leads into Lent, um, which is forty days of fasting, repentance, and preparing our hearts for Holy Week. Um, so this will be the first year that I've ever done Lent. Are you Are you going to do it this year too? I think I'm going to do it this year. Yeah. So I, I'm using Brian Zahn's book that takes you through Lent. It's a It's a daily devotional through all forty days of uh, oh, nice. the mm-hmm. Lenten journey, and um, and it's been uh, it, it's it's really exciting to go through that for the first time. I, I kind of um, am, am just eager to to see what it's going to be like. Um, to, to have a more kind of physical uh, practice with my faith, you yeah. know, to where faith isn't just something that I talk about or that I sing about and, at church on Sunday mornings, but there's an actual uh, kind of ritual that that puts faith in, into your hands. Really, right, you right. Know? Um, so I'm, I'm excited to go through that. And that's something,
1: too, that's like I think that's an important kind of aside from going through the calendar um, you know, you talk about how Lent is a good way to do something practical with your faith. Yeah. And a lot of the times you hear faith without works is dead, <laughs> you know, but then you also hear not by works, but by faith, you know, you've been saved. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of important to bring that up here. And we don't believe that you work for salvation, you know? Yeah. Like neither one of us believe that we believe that Jesus came paid once for all. And we believe that he bought salvation for everybody. Yep. No works necessary. Like, he did the work for salvation. He did that, took care of it. However, faith without works is dead. That's just the reality of it. And so it's not a matter that you're working for your salvation. Your works prove to you that you believe in your own salvation.
0: Yeah, essentially, like, yeah.
1: Works are a super important thing. So things like observing the Christian calendar, things like, you know, walking through Lent, in putting practice to your faith isn't trying to buy your salvation. It isn't trying to buy, you know, favor with God. It's very much fully God. I do believe that you saved me. And in response to, that salvation, in response to that faith, right. I'm going to show you these works that correspond with that.
0: Right. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And and so, but anyway, so after Lent, we get into Holy Week. That, of course, starts with Good Friday and then Easter. Yep. Uh, everybody already knows what those are about. Those are the big ones. <laughs> yeah. The, and then, so then after that, we get into the Ascension, which celebrates the moment that Jesus ascended, obviously. Uh, then we get into Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit came. That's the charismatic's favorite. Yep. Uh, in fact, there's some charismatics that I know who reject the entirety of the Christian calendar except for the day except of Pentecost. for Pentecost. Yeah, yep. they love that one. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to get to that point of the year and talk about Pentecost more because the charismatics have so monopolized it that right. it's like almost indistinguishable from charismatic theology. Yeah. So I want to show how. Um, how there's lots of different ways to view oh, this. Oh, also in there,
1: there's Palm Sunday in the Easter season. Right, so right, right. right over that one. Sorry about
0: that. Uh, well, that's part of Holy Week. I said Holy Week. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then after Pentecost, we get into Ordinary Time. Which nothing big happens. Yes. It's, a it's very ordinary time of the year. It's, it's the low point. Not a whole lot happens. Uh, but that finally culminates in some Christian traditions now, a newer thing, with the day called Christ the King, which is celebrating the Lordship of Jesus. Um, and essentially uh, him being enthroned in, in right. heaven. Um, and then that leads right back to Advent. Yeah. So that's the run through of the Christian year. Now, like like I was saying earlier, um, I, I want to explain more of why this matters to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so why should a deconstructing Christian care about the Christian calendar? So a big
1: part of, of that is the fact that the point of the Christian calendar is to walk through the life of Jesus. Right. And... Personally, I feel like something that you hear a lot in the deconstructing, the deconstructing circle is the church doesn't look like Jesus. Yeah. And I feel like that is because we have lost sight of the life of Jesus. Yeah. And so the Christian calendar is a great way to go through and live the life of Jesus with him because Lent corresponds with Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness fasting. Yeah. Like it's not there just so you fast for no reason. Is very much you are joining in this fast with Jesus.
0: Yeah, totally. It's like when I think about Lent um, growing up, like it always seemed like um, a burden, like right. like almost like a punishment. I, I never had to do it, obviously, because I wasn't raised in that belief. But when I'd hear about it, it sounded like something that you would dread to go through. Like, oh, I've got to give this up, you know, for right. the next forty days, and I don't want to. But it, it's not really about like. <laughs> Punishing yourself. No, it's about I'm going to go through what Jesus went through. I'm going to go through this with Him. We're going to, right. you know, I'm going to experience this part of His life and in that meditate on on Him and and what I can learn from from His own life story. Yeah. Um, and I love what you're saying. We, we do talk a lot about how the church isn't like Jesus. And we've, we've seen that all the time when we've commented on things like, you know, pastors saying deconstructing is because of this or that, right. and it's always been ridiculous. And we'd always say, no, it's not because we want street cred or whatever else they said. It's because the church doesn't look like Jesus. Yeah. You know, we. And, and, well, if we really believe that, let's do stuff to learn more about Jesus. Right. So the church can't look more like him.
1: Right. Exactly. This
0: is just one way. Not the only way, but just one way that we could help kind of relieve that problem.
1: Yeah. And another big part of it, too, for me is the Christian calendar is such a communal thing. Yes. And you cannot strike community from Christianity. Yeah. It is impossible. If you look at the early church, the church in Acts, I mean, shoot, capitalists, and right wing conservative people would say that, you know, the church in Acts was just a commune of socialists. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because they were like, let's sell everything that we own, give it all to the apostles, and they're gonna make sure that everybody's needs are met. Right. And it's like, okay, that's a bit much, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the you know, the heart remains of it is so community driven. I mean, yes. Brian Zahn, you know, said in our interview with him that, you know, there it you're almost hard pressed not to say that there is no salvation outside of community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And definitely.
1: so like you aren't saved from other people. Yeah. You're saved to be with other people. Absolutely. And so the absolutely. Christian calendar gives us a great layout of like how we can celebrate the life of Jesus and live the life of Jesus, not just ourselves, but with our community and our church family around us.
0: Yeah, and absolutely, because when you're going through Lent or when you're observing the Ascension or the you know epiphany, you know that your brothers and sisters are are doing the same, and there's right. that communal link there, and it, it does, I think, unite everyone. And um, you know, what like we were saying earlier, a lot of American Christianity is so individualistic, yeah, that this is just another example of of how uh, American Christianity has, I think, uh, gotten away from certain Christian traditions if they went against American views, yeah. So a lot of American Christianity. Is more American than it is Christian, and so if there's a Christian value that doesn't line up with American values, they'll side with the American value, right? And this is this is a great example because American values are very much individualistic uh, and all about your gain and, and you getting what you need, you know, and and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps all on your own, not coming together as a community. Yeah, and so in the Christian calendar for many reasons, but that being one of them has been rejected. Yeah. And, and so I, I totally agree with you. It's a great way to bring a communal aspect back to our faith.
1: Right. And third, I mean, it's a great introduction, especially for people who are deconstructing um, or weren't a part of a more liturgical style of church to learn what liturgy actually is and the purpose of it. Yes. Because if you didn't grow up with any liturgy, and you grew up in like a very fundamentalist church where, you know, you flow and we don't need a schedule and we don't need a layout and all this stuff Right? is when you hear about liturgy and what it is and you look at, you know, one of those like little like uh, sheets that you get at like the Methodist church <laughs> that has like, you know, this song, this song, this song, and then like, you know, offering and then the uh, benedictions and like all the different right. things. And it's like, oh, right. this is very, you know, structured. Right. How's God supposed to do anything with, like, all this structure? <laughs> right. And it's like, we don't need liturgy. We just need the Holy Spirit. It's like, no, calm down. Like, liturgy is quite literally just how you worship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. It, it's, it, there's so much, like behind a word yeah. that was never supposed to have any like negative connotations attached to it yeah yeah exactly like, it was strictly this is how we worship
0: yeah liturgy uh, when, when we use the term we're ref- on our show like we're referring to a more traditional approach like a more Catholic or, or Anglican sort of view of like, right. the Christian calendar but you're right the word could generally be used to just mean any kind of worship yeah format that right. you have uh so a lot of these evangelical churches will act as if they don't have liturgy but they absolutely do yeah 100 percent. i mean if if you go to a church on sunday morning and they always have the same sort of flow of like a fast song to get everybody pumps and then we get into announcements and then another fast song and then like a slow song and then the pastor comes up to transition and then offering like all of that
1: that's quite literally liturgy, that, just on the sheet the of paper.
0: Yeah, a lot of um, charismatic churches are very much into a very specific kind of worship music too—a very right. fast and, and upbeat that you can kind of dance or jump at least to. Yeah, I, I yeah. say dance, but you know, listen. I, so
1: <laughs> tangent. Whenever I first started going to church, and they're like dance, and everyone just started like pogo sticking.
0: <laughs> like nobody's dancing. Yeah, they're all just kind of hopping. Everyone's just jumping. No and one's now like I know, starting like, to do like the Charleston or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like now I know, like <laughs> in the church, like dancing. It's just like you know, jumping. Like, I'm all, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm all for it, you know.
0: <laughs> but it was just
1: really funny to me. Like the first, time, I'm like dance, and they're just like,
0: yeah, just popping around. Well, uh, uh, can next time they do that at a church that you go to, can you just start doing the electric slide? Yeah, that would be and just awesome. See what people do? <laughs> well, you said to dance, all right. <laughs> but. <laughs>
1: uh, I wouldn't stop you. Crank that, Soldier Boy. I next. would be
0: like, he's feeling the Holy Spirit, or, or he's feeling something. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> Who am I to
1: shut down what the Holy Ghost is doing? Right,
0: that's his liturgy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but but it is true though. They, they have a very specific type of worship that they listen to. And it's like if you take a charismatic church and and that that likes a very specific type of worship, say like you know Bethel music. Right. And and you go to to them and you say, "Okay, you can't do any Bethel songs anymore. You have to do this hymnal." Like, do you think they're going to be chill about that? They're going to be really annoyed, really upset. Why? Because you just insulted their liturgy. Right. You just went against what they hold as a valuable part of their worship experience. Right. And even if you would rather do the hymnal, that's wonderful. Yeah. But that's their style. And they won't call it liturgy, but it is. Right. If you take away their drums and say you can't play loud drums anymore... I mean, they'll, they'll they'll be very upset because yeah. <laughs> that, that is an important part for them. Right. Uh, so everyone does have liturgy, even if they don't know what that, that Correct. word is, is useful. Um, you know, there's a theologian that we listen to, uh, Chris Green. I just got one of his books for my, my reading list for Ooh, this next nice. year. Yeah, I'm really excited. To I want to pick up his new book,
1: uh, All Things Beautiful. Yeah, that Uh, sounds awesome. Christian Aesthetics.
0: That's really cool. I just got his book, uh, uh, Sanctified Interpretation. Mm, Nice. So I'm excited to get into it. But one of the things he said about liturgy is that the question is not, are you liturgical, but how and are you aware? Right. Uh, So when we talk about getting more into this, it's just about developing our own awareness of of liturgy and and what it can mean to us. Um, Now, one common thing that I've heard growing up in charismatic world is that liturgy is dead because you're following a script, and so it's just a very dry and dead experience, very boring, Um, and that alternatively, the charismatic approach of being wild and, and, and jumping and yelling that is more spiritual and more close to God because it's free and it's it's passionate and it's sure. fun uh, and and meanwhile the Catholics are just you know being boring right <laughs> essentially I mean, I'm using kind of childish way of describing it, but that really is yeah. how it's explained like our churches are more exciting right. and and liturgy is boring um what what's your response to that?
1: um I think it's missing the forest for the trees. You know, it's like, because it looks different, it's wrong. Yeah. And it's very much like, that's, that's such a, Jesus teaches us against that. Yeah. Like almost specifically, you know, just because they don't look like you, just because they're not the same denomination as you does not mean that they're any further from me than you are. Right. And so, I mean, like you look at the good Samaritan that, you know, the story that Jesus tells with the good Samaritan. Samaritans weren't supposed to be good. That's why there's like this whole thing about it in the Bible, <laughs> right. you know? And so whenever we're comparing our relationship with God based strictly off of outside actions on our preferences, yeah, then we are doing the very, like, to me, that is like the cardinal sin of some people where it's like, oh, you shouldn't judge others. You know, or even in reverse where it's like if you're one of those crazy churches and you hear other churches being like, oh, they're just, you know, they're weird bunch down there. They jump around. You're like, no, right. we're free. You know, we love God, you know, and right. you're just jealous because you don't love God. You're doing the <laughs> exact same thing that they're doing. Yeah. Whenever you say someone doesn't love God as much as you do because they don't, you know, dance around. Right. Is the same thing as them saying they don't really love God because they're just crazy down there. Yeah. It's like we are all at a different level moment, a different step, a different interpretation, a different reflection, and a different manifestation of our walk with God. And that's okay. And that is perfectly fine. Yeah. And that's exactly how it's
0: supposed to be. Yes. And and, and I've heard people say, well, we're supposed to be a one-minded one accord, one aren't we? You know. Yeah, I, I, I had, sure can be. Yeah. I remember I had um, a pastor for a little while back when I was in high school who made that argument that essentially... Uh, the the denominations were an issue because we're supposed to be one church and one mind and one accord, and so we were praying. He led us in prayer that the denominations would like come back together and basically solidify as like one church again. Right. And back then I was like, makes sense. We have different denominations because we can't agree. Right. We can't agree because we're not one mind. We have to come back together and heal all of this. But the thing that I realized is that what we were really saying was they all have to change to be like us. Right. We weren't willing to change anything to solidify with them. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who had to change to us. Right.
1: One mind and one accord really just means unity. Yeah. And unity without diversity is just conformity.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And conformity is not one mind and one accord. Conformity is just you asserting your power over people and saying, look like me or we are going to outcast you.
0: Yeah. And I I, want to make a note here that I'm hoping that this deconstructing world that is brewing right now can avoid that even within our own community.
1: Yeah, because that is something that I have noticed where it's like if you don't deconstruct the same way that I am, if you don't burn it all to the ground, then you – you know, you're a terrible person or, you know, whatever. Or like, alternatively, or, if you yeah. do
0: burn it all to the ground, then then you're too far. Right.
1: It's like... We're all at different stages with yeah. whatever it is that we're walking through. Exactly. Let's all, like care about each other yeah and just and love one another and
0: help people out if they are asking for help or or just be a good friend to people right and, instead of just saying nope it has to look just like mine or, yep exactly you know. but but yeah so so I, I again that's why the Christian calendar can be a unifying thing even across denominations yeah you know even if our Advent service looks different than your Advent service the point is we're still focusing on the anticipation of Jesus exactly it's and, like
1: just because our Easter service, we have 17 of them over, you know, three days, yeah. and we have an actual lion and a lamb showing up, you know.
0: <laughs> you rent a lion and a lamb from the zoo. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but we're still celebrating. yeah. Jesus' resurrection, right. regardless, across yeah. every denomination, across every sect of Christianity, right. we can all come together and say, this is the thing that we are focused on today. For sure. And if more churches would adopt the Christian calendar, we could do that more often.
0: Yes, and it would, like you said, help us to look more like Jesus because we're studying his life constantly. Right, exactly. Um, now, the other thing about this idea that like liturgy is boring and dead, I want to say that like it's possible to be... Uh, to be excited, to be passionate and spirited and energetic, but not be spirit led. Yeah. So some of these charismatic services, and I, I know I talk about charismatic a lot. It's not that I don't like people being charismatic. It's just that's what I'm I a very up. charismatic person. I, I was just brought right. I was brought up in it, so I, I have a lot of criticism right, for it. Sure. But that's not to say it's like a bad, you know. But a, a lot of these charismatic services that I've been to become so flaky because we're so focused on. That just passion and energy and being just off the wall, right but there's it's not actually spirit led. it's just kind of uh, emotional and it's just a sure. frenzy. Um, I've seen the most wild stuff at certain services, people showing up with like swords. Oh yeah. People showing up in camo because they're, they're part of the soldiers of the army of God. I've seen, I've seen people, well, you know, I told the glory source story. I mean, people can get wild and it's like, just because you have passion, that doesn't mean this is spiritual. Yeah. And and so zeal without
1: knowledge. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And, and at the same time, just because liturgy has more sometimes of a comb and a structure that doesn't mean it's not spiritual. Right. Uh, it can be. In fact, Jesus himself followed a lectionary. Like he, he followed a quote-unquote script. Yeah. When Jesus went to preach at the temple, it says that he read what was meant to be read for that day. Right. Like He didn't just pick up a random scroll, okay, Isaiah. It was meant to be read that day. Yeah. So if even he followed a quote-unquote script, uh, clearly... It can't be so bad. Clearly, God can
1: speak (laughs) even when there's a script.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're limiting God. I think, honestly, I mean, I would venture to guess that we could hear God more clearly through a guided uh, and structured uh, sort of thing that's been led through by, by spiritual leaders like church fathers, more so than someone just kind of having this wild, you know, idea pop in their head that I'm gonna just start yelling right now and sure. <laughs> you know, running again, I've seen some weird stuff. If you weren't race charismatic, you might not understand what I'm talking about. It's but wild. like I've seen some services where crazy stuff was happening. Like one time someone in the audience, right in the middle of the service, started just yelling out in tongues. So the pastor was preaching, Uh, and this guy starts yelling out in tongues out in the audience, and he's several rows back. It's a big church. And uh, then he gets out of his chair... And the whole place is just kind of quiet. The pastor, like, stopped preaching, kind of like watching him. He gets out of his chair and gets down on on the ground and crawls on his hands and knees while still yelling in tongues. Crawls down the aisle, (laughs) up the steps of the stage, across the stage, and to the pastor. And then puts his hand on his feet and just still is yelling out in tongues and praying. And the pastor just kind of looks down at him and <laughs> doesn't know what to do, and so eventually he just kind of like says something nice, like "Okay, yeah, thank you, <laughs> thanks." And then like his his team of armor bearers, yeah, you know, yeah. basically security guards, they come and like lead the guy off into some sort of green room spiritual experience, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My my point is, and like, in some, and to me, some scripts wouldn't kill us. Okay,
1: stuff like that annoys <laughs> me so bad. Because, like, the Bible even speaks out against stuff like that. Because, yeah. like, I just <laughs> I just felt the spirit moving in me, and I had to let it out. Yeah. And it's like, no, no. Paul is like, hey, uh, the gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That's right. So uh, if you don't know how to control it, then it's not authentic.
0: Yeah, because... If it's some because uncontrollable... if it's causing
1: confusion and causing chaos yeah. and disorder, it's not of God because He is the God of peace and order.
0: Yes, yes. So a script, if you want to call it, that can keep us from falling into emotional frenzy and bad theology, and it can even help keep us out of powerless rhetoric and and platitudes. Yeah. Um. Some some Christian stuff that I've experienced has been, uh, kind of weightless, kind of. Almost feeling like there's just not a whole lot here for me to hold on to. Yeah. Being flaky. Right. You know, where you put pressure on it and it just falls apart and it crumbles. You know? Right. Uh, so a script can help us stay on, on more uh, structured ground for that, that you can actually learn something from rather than just a flaky experience that you're just going to tell joking, you know, funny stories about later.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and are things weird sometimes? Sure. Like, I'll admit it, you know, I'll be the first one to admit where it's like, you know, I just... There are times where I'm like, this is just a strange situation, but I do feel God in this moment. Like, like yeah. the situation, like, what's happening right now, it is, like, significant for me happening. You know, we've seen the video of the socks. Okay, we know. But there, I have been in a service where it's like, you know, take off your shoes. And it's not, it wasn't a weird thing. It was like, you know, it was referencing Moses' you're standing on holy ground, you know, remove yeah. your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. And it's just a very, just intimate, like, You are standing in the presence of God. Jesus bought back, you know, the ability to stand in the presence of God. You know, we're going to do the same response that, you know, Moses had with the burning bush. Like, let's remove our shoes and just, like, seek God for a moment to hear what he is saying. Right. And it wasn't, like, a weird thing. And yes, to some people that may seem flaky, but it's, like, at the sake of throwing everything out, it's, like, there are some things where it's, like, you know, when done right and done, like, with intentionality. To me, like, liturgy really is all about intentionality. Yes. Of I have this time with God. Yeah. I want to structure it to be sure that I am maximizing my time with the father. Right, Because that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was like, I only have so much time on the earth. I want to maximize the time that I have on earth. Right. Right. And so it's like, to me, if we are intentional about what we are doing, because here's the thing yes a river just flows sure why not but a river has banks yeah and it yeah. does have its own constrictions because if it then just starts flooding it causes damage and you know so this whole idea of we're just gonna flow like a river there's still even constraints in that yeah because the worst thing that happened to ancient cultures was rivers would overflow and destroy all of their <laughs> crops and kill people yeah yeah and so it's like Good even point. though like you can flow but All flow has to have structure. And if it doesn't, it will be more damaging than life-giving.
0: Exactly. I think it's important to remember that um, there still has to be, at the end of the day, something that keeps us anchored and centered. Because when we break away too much from uh, sound doctrine or structure we just make stuff up right you know that's why a lot of the stuff happens is people get together in, in churches and a lot of times even though they don't outright say it or, or, or realize it we're just kind of making things up yeah you know there's a lot of things that just aren't actually in the bible that get talked about all the time in charismatic circles right i'm sure all of Christianity, like, but
1: <laughs> like the idea that i just have to give this word i just have to scream out in tongues because like yeah. the lord has it inside of me it's like yeah
0: no like, that's not a thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would even say things about healing. I think that's better to say for a different episode. Yeah. But it, it, the, the way that charismatics have understood um, uh, healing and, and, like, what it means to lay hands on the sick and so right. of recover, I think that they have completely, uh, monom- like... Uh, taken on this idea that it has to be a sign and wonder of physical manifestation of healing right. and for completely ignored the fact that a whole huge section of the Bible is devoted to, uh, to lamenting, to lamentations, yeah. Yeah. And to mourning. The church mourns together. Right. And it could be about a spiritual and communal healing, even if it's not physical, right. that laying on your hands on the sick could be putting your arm around them and saying, I'm with you in this, right. not necessarily like, be healed. Yeah. You know, uh, and but,
1: like but, even to, you, you bring up prayer there for a second it's like even the point of prayer like so much prayer is about other people in the bible yeah so much prayer is about helping ending the suffering for other people yes not it's, it's not a this is for me thing like we talk about abraham you know and having the faith of abraham and abraham's prayers like change god's mind and all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah so you know your prayers can change god's mind abraham was praying for another city yeah. he wasn't praying for himself it's true. And so it's like Jesus, you know, the uh, the Lord's prayer. So much of the Lord's prayer has to do with others. Yeah. There's, you know, yes, there are certain parts in there where it's like, you know, give us our daily bread. But even that's But us. even it's uh, exactly. Yeah. It's us. It is not give me my daily bread, it is yeah. give us our daily bread. Because we or should give us, yes. you know, like
0: because we should be centered on all of us on on the community. Right. And that community, uh is when I say when we talk about the community, we're not just talking about people who believe exactly like us. No, we
1: mean our community. Yes,
0: because one other way to look at uh to, to look at the um transfigure the epiphany is that he made himself available to Gentiles, we can expand that to saying that God is, is for everyone. Right. So when we talk about a we versus me mindset, we're not just talking about our denomination
1: right no it it is just people yeah Period. Exactly. Humankind.
0: Um, yeah. So uh, this liturgy uh, experience, I think, can help keep us centered on sound doctrine because uh, in, in charismatic circles, uh, a lot of times i found that they base their uh, gauge on, like, if their service was successful or not, solely on emotional response. Sure. And, and I'm interested to hear from the perspective of someone who's on stage leading worship, yeah. if, if you've ever experienced that, where it's like... I've heard other worship leaders talk about how when a, when they're done with the worship service, they'll kind of think to themselves of like, was it a good one, was it not, based solely on when I look in the crowd, did I see people crying, did I see people dancing, sure. did I see them coming to the altar, It's they look for emotion, and so our gauge is just on how emotional were people, and if they were really emotional, we know, God must have been moving. Sure, but my problem with that is that I don't think that that's a good gauge. I I don't think emotional response should be how we judge whether or not God was there.
1: Yeah, and and you know, as someone who's been doing this for uh, quite some time now, you know, I that used to very much be like my how do I know if people engaged with what was happening and it right. was did they lift their hands were they you know crying X Y or Z or whatever right. You know, but as I've grown older, I'm like, are people just engaging with the concept of worshiping God? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, if I can look out and see that people are, they aren't just staring at me. Yeah. But even if they aren't, you know, on their hands and knees just weeping, but you can see that they're just contemplating who God is. Yeah. Like, even that for me is something where it's like, oh, you get it because I've even reached a more contemplative state yeah. of, you know, my relationship with the world of like, God, what does this mean for me and for our community and, you know, X, Y, or Z. And so, yeah, it, it, but to be completely honest, we are humans. Yeah. You know, we are people. It Emotion is how we gauge reactions, not just in the church, but just period. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you give someone a gift and, the way you judge if it was a good gift is based off of someone's reaction. Oh yeah. I mean, that's only natural. It's, it's a very natural thing that, you know, I have to fight constantly. Right. Of gauging how I'm doing at leading worship because it's something that's super important to me because, you know, Jesus changed my life. I want other people to experience him. Are they experiencing him? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, she's crying. She must be experiencing Jesus because that's what happened to me whenever I experienced Jesus. And so like we're searching for that, that again, it's all about, does it look like Mm -hmm. me? Does it look like how I encountered God? Right. Not you may encounter God a different way. And that is something that, you know, I constantly have to fight myself. Yeah. So
0: I I totally feel that. I just feel like, um, this liturgical approach to worship, um, and, and just to church services in general, can because they're a little bit more generally speaking sure. because they're a little bit more calmer than your typical charismatic experience, it might be a, a good way to help us get away from the idea that if I see emotions, that means God's moving, if I don't, he's not moving, sure. But you because know, because it's a bit more calm and you just get used to that stillness,
1: even the calmness, though. Like, there could be a lot of emotion and calmness. I mean, well, there's one time you know, we were in a prayer meeting and it was just really calm, just moment and like just. I don't know what happened. I just started sobbing. Like, wow. like it was just like cause it was one of those there, dude, there was there's one time we were taking uh communion when we were in ministry school. And I don't know what it was, but cause we used to do communion mm-hmm. every morning after so we went to Bible college, we would do morning prayer from eight to nine Monday through Friday. Yeah. And our first two years we would do communion every morning after prayer. Right. And there was one morning where I was just, like, sitting in the back. We had taken communion a hundred times already at this point and just started just breaking, like, I just broke down because, like, just, like, the reality of what communion meant for humanity was just such a beautiful image in my mind. Right. And so it's, like, I believe that even in a liturgical service where it is calm and it is still, you can, like, Jesus still comes and God still comes and shows you just the beauty Exactly of himself.
0: Exactly, and and that's that's a acceptance that you've had that I just wish I, I and I hope that more Christians can can see. Yeah, um, especially if you're in those charismatic circles, that it, it doesn't have to look like that, right. Like you to be a move of God. Yeah. In fact, um, when I was in school, there was you know the, the whole the whole church that we were a part of was very charismatic, and and it was basically the norm there to jump and engage in worship in, like, a very animated way. Yeah, sure. Um, Very, you know, energetic, animated sort of worship, Uh, which is great, you know, if that's the kind of worship you want to do. But there was one uh, friend of mine who just stood out like a sore thumb because because he wasn't wasn't doing that, which is interesting how they so flipped the the peer pressure around. Yeah. In most places, you'd be, like, everyone would be, scared to jump and right. there'd be like one weird person doing it but at this place it was opposite but anyway so there's this one friend of mine who just wasn't worshipping that way and like every worship service while everyone is jumping in one big sort of yeah. movement he would be kind of standing to the side hands in the pocket looking up on the stage not singing sure, not moving just watching and it got a lot of negative attention sure, because people assumed that he was like basically an atheist. <laughs> I mean, they assumed that, right. he, you know, he wasn't even a Christian at this point because he's rebellious of the spirit of God and he's rejecting this worship experience and he's, you know, not engaging and he's not filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, all sorts of assumptions. Oh, yeah. But the dude was a super solid Christian and like a great guy and, and he was just not Experiencing God in that same sort of energetic, right. you know, kind of uh, uh, jumping sort of way, he was experiencing God in a different way, and other people weren't making room for that. They right. were accepting that people can experience God in a whole myriad of ways. We get so tribalistic, and, and this extends far beyond just charismatics and just worship, but we, in every part of our life, get so tribalistic that it has to look just like this because yep. we have the right way of doing it, and and we have to be more accepting of people experiencing God in their way of experiencing God. Right. Uh, Even outside of the church body, you know, or church, uh, uh, i mean church structure ch- yeah the church building i should say um you know there there's ways that we can experience god in, in unexpected places yeah you know you can you can experience god just by having fun with your friends right honestly um you know where when,
1: when, two or more are gathered in my name i am there that is not just about prayer meetings. yeah
0: i i have had you know times where i'm just having fun with with friends over at my house uh you know we and, and we're eating or whatever. And it's like in that moment of just goofing off and having fun, you can feel that, you know, God, who's, you know, one of the fruits of spirit is joy. Yeah. You are experiencing God in that moment. I mean, shoot.
1: I mean, there was a woman at a award ceremony at a Chili's who felt God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She felt God in that Chili's that night. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you can, you can experience God in all kinds of unexpected places. Yeah. Chili's. Your friend's house, anywhere. Anywhere. So this episode ended up being us uh, kind of comparing a liturgical Christianity to charismatics a lot more than I kind of anticipated that it would be. I didn't think I'd be talking about charismatics as much as I ended up, but oh well. Nothing Um, new. I I think the reason why, though, is that when we get talking about this, it's really easy to lose people uh, because it can sound like less interesting. It's not punchy. You know, sure. We're not like going after Mark Driscoll in this episode. Right. We're not, we're not doing anything like grabby like that. Um, but this still is so important to me because, um, when I was beginning my deconstruction, I felt very lonely and, and very much like I was the only one experiencing this. Um, and the only one having issues with evangelical worship services or with the way evangelicals teach on healing or prayer, or whatever. Right. And I found, um, in Rachel Held Evans' book, Faith Unraveled, a feeling of peace that, like, no, I'm not alone here. Sure. And one thing that she pointed out in that and in Searching for Sunday uh, was that for a lot of us in this age group, she was talking about millennials, but I think this applies to Gen Z as well, that a lot of us get turned off of our, from our churches that we're used to because they don't feel authentic anymore. Right. We kind of see... What's going on backstage? We understand. Uh, maybe we have friends who are in leadership, or we ourselves have been, and we've seen how the sausage gets made. Yep. And sometimes it can start to feel inauthentic. Right. A lot of evangelical churches feel more like small or like small or large businesses. Yeah. Than they actually do. You know, a, a faith. Right. Um, worship services can feel more like a concert. I don't have an issue with those. I like sure. I like our type of worship. but yeah. To some people, they can be like, right. "Oh, I don't like the smoke screen." Right. Right. You, you know. And for people who are feeling disconnected to that, to to church because of that, um, liturgy is a way of of bring that that faith back to to have it be more of a, a meaningful experience. Yeah, and, and you know, combining that with like the sacraments, you know, that's how we bring faith into the physical world of or bring our religion into this physical space and something that you hold in your hands. You know, when you're taking communion, it's it's a physical experience that goes that that makes your religion more than just things you're saying, right? And more than just songs that you're singing that you took from elevation, right? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, so I, I want anyone who is working this reconstructed, you know, faith that we're trying to, to figure out together. Um, you know, this might be something that you want to look into with us. We're this yeah. is our first year of trying this, um, so we'll keep you updated on our experience. We'll hit,
1: um, we'll probably spend a little bit of each episode around a Christian holiday, yeah, speaking about it, you know, kind of giving, um, giving a lot of focus to it. Yeah. And just so that way we are doing it together.
0: Yeah, exactly. I can see some of these ones having a full episode like Pentecost or Easter could have a full episode and other ones might just be a mention, but, but we're going to, we're going to try to keep the focus on it. And um, I hope that you guys get something out of it. I know when Rachel, when I read Rachel at Evans saying that stuff about sacraments and and liturgy, it really just sparked in me. Like it really made sense and clicked for me and I hope it does for you guys too.
1: Yeah. And, too, I know we've talked about, you know, the charismatic versus a more traditional liturgy. If you are a charismatic type of person and you enjoy, you know, the dancing and the loud music and yeah. all of the stuff, yeah. that is fantastic. Yeah, like, I'm not if saying that's that bad. is how you experience God. Like, we are not at all saying, like, that is bad. What we are saying is be authentic to who you are and how you experience God. Right. Because that is so wildly important. Like, if you feel pressured to do a certain thing to make it look like you are a Christian, mm-hmm. the people pressuring you are missing the point of Christianity. Yes. It is following yes. Jesus. And if you're yeah. following Jesus, looks like you, you know, playing this loud music, elevation, Bethel, Jesus mm-hmm. culture, Hillsong, all this stuff. And just like dancing around. And that brings you legitimate joy. And like, and that is out of response of just true joy. Mm-hmm. A fruit of the spirit is joy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, But if you are being pressured into it and like you're doing it just because everybody else is doing it and you're freaking out and it feels fake to you, don't do it. Don't
0: do it. Find, find another way to experience your faith.
1: If you are sitting at a church and they're doing classic hymnals and you sit there and you are at peace listening to just this classical style of worship Mm -hmm. that is God because another fruit of the spirit is peace. Yes. So just find what brings peace, joy, joy, and do that.
0: Yeah, and when I was saying this stuff about charismatics, it's it's only to say that, uh, not that I think that was wrong with it, but that we should be, we should make sure that we're not gatekeepers. Right, exactly. So if someone is worshipping differently, make room for that accept that right and um and, and just be open to to the church calendar because whether you're a charismatic or, or or a methodist or an anglican whoever yeah. we could all regardless of what we're in we could all benefit from 100% from followings along with the church calendar and just being uh, focused in on the life of Jesus yes um and so We'll probably in the next episode mention again the epiphany since it just happened Yep, Mm -hmm. and may just make mention of it. It won't be the whole episode. Right. But, uh, and we'll, we'll keep that going. And guys, I I really hope that you uh, have enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. Um, This was a fun episode. If you are interested in learning more about Joey and I and becoming a part of the community, we'll probably be talking about, the Christian calendar a lot in our discord server. You can gain access to that through patreon.com slash all things reconsidered. Um, you get access, access to the discord at the base level of $3 a month. It is an incredible community that we are building in there. You also get access to some behind the scenes footage. Um, we talk about the MCU. Yeah. In an episode of it, we talk about our opinions on tithing and money um, you can see our first attempt at the Advent episode where we talk <laughs> a whole lot more about Advent specifically. Yeah. Um, and it's just like I said, I just like our Discord community that we're building. It's yeah. great. All the little happy new years and the Merry Christmases
0: that we got. I know. It makes nice. me feel special. It was nice. Uh, and we'd love to get to know you guys. You know, whoever's yeah. if you're watching this, you know, we'd like even if you can only if you only have the money to like sign up at the base level and just for a second, just yeah. to get in just and just say and hi. Say,
1: hey, love your content. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything that you're doing, and then cancel it. We'll get we get it. We'll
0: get it. Yeah. It's no big deal. We just want to get to know you. Or just
1: drop a comment down below.
0: Yeah, that too. Those those are free. <laughs> yeah, those are free. Those are still free. Yeah, leave comments, guys, and uh, share. If you listen on Spotify, leave us a review. Yes. We just added a new feature. Those are new.
1: Uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd appreciate a little five-star action, a little review. Yeah. It helps, uh, you know, get the word out there to the masses. Yeah. And uh, like, comment, share, please. If you are so inclined, click the subscribe button down below if you haven't already. If you already subscribed, make sure you ring the bell so you are notified every time we upload to the channel.
0: And don't forget, next week, April Joy. from TikTok, from Evangelicalish. Check her out if you don't know what I'm talking about. She's All around a really funny person. Hilarious. It's going to be a great time to look out for that. We'll see you there.